What's up to all my freelancers, creatives, and designers? This is Nathan. Welcome to another episode of Traffic Talk, and it's raining here in Houston. So it's raining here in Houston right now, and that actually makes me a little nervous. Literally one week ago, I was supposed to record an episode of Traffic Talk, but that's when a massive flood hit Houston and I wasn't able really to go anywhere. I thought I would be stranded at the office, but I was finally able to go home towards the evening. But yeah, many people's cars got flooded. Uh, you couldn't really move or get anywhere. And I really see that the people in the city are a bit anxious and nervous because the last time we had a major flood was Hurricane Harvey. And when that came through, there was a lot of devastation and a lot of people lost their homes. So whenever it rains or floods in Houston, the entire city gets a little nervous. But regardless, it looks like a normal rainy day today. So uh, we got traffic talk. So as you saw from the title card, I really wanted to just give some quick context to what happened. Somebody mentioned they were giving a refund, but there's a little bit more to the story than you would think. So here it is. Giving a client a refund. Did I do something wrong? I charged a client $1,500 for a full day of shooting, 4K, uh, the resolution, and editing. In addition to three, four hours of marketing work, he gave me a 50% deposit before I started any work. Then I sent him the rough cut. He wasn't happy and was expecting something else, something more grand, as he put it, for the money he's spending. He even went on to send me another video, which was a completely different style he made for only $200 which I thought was a bad move, but whatever. How can I clear up this kind of misunderstanding next time? I gave him a storyboard. He's seen some of my work. I explained to him what it would be like, but then I have to deal with this. So again, just to quickly summarize in my own words, what exactly happened here? Somebody had an agreement with the client. The client actually paid. They were ready to move forward. Uh, he did a rough cut. So this is a video they're working on and editing. He did a rough cut of the video, and it seems like the client was not satisfied with the rough cut. So then he gave him a second example to say, hey, why don't you make something like this? And, you know, the, the person also pointed out that the video style they wanted was a little cheaper. And... Uh, they just were somewhat saying, hey, uh, very passive aggressively saying, I paid you a lot of money. You can at least make something a bit more grand than what I paid for $200. So that seems to be what's going on. That seems to be what's happening. And the person just wants to know, how could they have prevented this? How could they have avoided a client like this altogether? Now, the important thing to note here is honestly and truly, how can you prevent someone like this altogether? Where there's multiple things you could do, but I think what you mentioned is a good example. You gave the person a storyboard in hopes of mapping things out and letting them know that you have laid things out and it's gonna go in a certain direction, but maybe they just weren't happy with everything as it came together. The biggest thing that I would honestly say to prevent things like this from happening in the future. And 
Someone's watching is going to laugh because they say, Nathan, you always say this. This is your answer to everything. <laughs> and of course it is. I'm going to say you probably need to charge more money. Now, I'm laughing because I say this, and this is my answer to almost everything, charge more. But let's take a look at what is happening and let me take a step back. The person was paying $1,500 with a 50% deposit, right? So that is what's on the table. That's what we have to deal with at the moment. Now, that being said, um, it also can be taken in, it also can be looked at, it also can be examined that though a 50% deposit is necessary and needed, then you're already doing the work, you've already started the work. Even though all that's needed and it's been agreed upon, the person is still not satisfied with what you've done. I also noticed you mentioned you've done some marketing work. So not only are you doing video, you're doing marketing work as well. Now I'm not sure about your time, but how much time did it really take to do the rough cut? To get the footage, to edit everything together? How much time did it take? How quickly were you able to produce that? And by the way, that is the first draft. So if they're not happy with it, then you can do another draft, but you're not sure how close you are to being done. Uh, the reason I'm saying raise your price is because I've seen too many times where people honestly change things over and over and over again and it starts to eat away at your profit. I had to put on shades, the light was just too much. But I've seen over and over again people change things and it starts to eat away at your profit. Now when this happens, this is a revision cycle. or you really need to define to somebody how often they can make changes to a video. Otherwise, you'll be making changes and edits over and over again, and they're never ending. So how you set up a vision recycle is you say, I will make you know, multiple edits for you if need be based on your feedback. However, you get two rounds of that feedback. So you get two rounds to make changes, give me suggestions, and I can make edits. That's perfectly fine, but they get two rounds to do it. After the two rounds, if they want you to make edits again or change a completely different direction, then they're going to have to pay because based upon the agreement, they're going in a completely new direction and it's not exactly the best for both parties. So you make edits to something that exists, you're not going to change something and start from scratch. So that's basically pretty common. That's basically fairly professional. And that's something that is commonly known. Um, you're not going to make edits and completely change direction because that's like you doing a brand new project from scratch, right? So it's important to get the direction right up front. However, the key is you're going to have to communicate that up front. You're going to have to tell somebody, I'm willing to make a edit for you and you get a rough edit and then you give me some feedback and we change it. 
but there's a limit on how much you are going to change. And the reason I'm saying this and talking about revision cycles and even mentioning that when you get to a certain point of a revision cycle, when they run out, they have to pay. The reason I'm bringing up money is because that is the only way to get people to truly focus. When people realize they have to make payment in order for their feedback to be received and implemented, then they start to give you their best and most essential feedback because they recognize that there is a price attached to their feedback and they're not going to be able to give as much feedback as they want to for infinity. So that being said, when you cut off the infinite feedback and the fact that they can't just uproot the project and completely go in another direction, their feedback will become more focused. So that's one thing. Uh, if you're not using or instituting revision cycles, I would recommend to do so. That's one thing. The second thing is you may want to consider raising your prices. I personally feel like you doing marketing and video editing means that the price of the video itself was probably a little lower than you think. If you're doing video and marketing for them, at least internally, how much does it cost to do those marketing tasks? And separately, how much does it cost to do those videos? So really, you were paid 1,500, or really a 50% deposit, but you were paid 1,500, but how much of that is reserved for video? And then how much of that is reserved for those marketing tasks that you did? I personally believe you need to separate out those two things. This brings up a completely different topic, but it's related. Most creatives are unaware of how to do a bid. Now, as it pertains to the agency life, if you're running an ad agency, a digital agency, or any type of agency where you're doing marketing for someone or PR, or whatever it might be, a lot of times you bill people for the number of experts that are assigned to their project or the number of consultants that are assigned to their project. And it goes something like this. You do a bid, you say, we need a video. Okay, uh, we need, we're going to have a, an editor on the video. There also is going to be a, a videographer assigned to that. Also, there may be a sound expert. Someone who's gonna capture the sound will be available as well. And then we will have our social media marketing person take the videos and distribute it into um, digestible bites online and we'll put those up for you on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter. Uh, we'll put those up in different places, but those four people will be assigned to this project and this is the timeline for the project. Now, four people are assigned to those projects. So let me give you the prices of how much those four people all cost while being assigned to this project. So then you give a price for the videographer, you get a price for the editor, you get a price for the social media person who's putting everything together, you give a price for the sound engineer, 
who's making sure that the sound is crystal clear. You add all those up, and of course the agency always has their own individual fees. You add all those up, agency fee, you get the price of the video. What tends to happen, and I've made this mistake as well, is when you are a independent studio, a one-person army, or an agency of one, as I like to call it, when you are a solo act and you don't have multiple people working on the project for you, people tend to underbid themselves because they're thinking to themselves, oh, well, I'm one person doing multiple jobs. It's not a big deal. $1,500 is fair. The reality is, no. You are one person doing four jobs. So personally, you need to get paid still like four people because you're playing the role of four people. Just because it's not four individuals doesn't mean you don't need to get paid as such. So I say all that just to say, in your original price bid, you should have given a price just for your marketing task and a separate price just for your video and even communicate that on the invoicing to say this is the marketing cost this is the video editing cost so everything that you're doing the marketing the editing the videos present that now maybe you want to give them a bundled price you say hey if this was three individuals doing this work it'd be this price but i'll bundle it together for you and it's a little cheaper that's fine but that should have been the price because you would have separately priced out all of those roles differently and you would have been paid fairly. So again, all I'm saying is the price of all those things when considered and rolled together would adequately get you the right type of client. Clients that don't pay you $1,500 and then make a snide remark that they have a better video that's more grand in which they've only paid $200 for. So it sounds like this person had something in their mind, but they didn't communicate it to you because one, maybe you didn't ask the right questions, and two, they assumed that, hey, I paid more than $200, I need to get something grand. To be honest, $1,500 for a grand video doesn't sound too appealing. Now, I don't know what is grand in your qualifications, but I can tell because pricing was bundled together, you definitely weren't happy with him changing things left and right. So again, price accordingly because good pricing tends to breed good clients or at least better clients who don't make snide remarks about uh, the quality of your work right now when people pay more yes their expectations go up but you don't mind accommodating them because you know you're paid well and because you're paid well you have more tolerance to please the client overall I'll say this because I've mentioned this in other videos and I'll make mention it to you as well I have a guide online called 10 must ask questions to ask your clients. On this guide, there are two questions that I love. 
because I love asking people because it really level sets what's going on. So no matter what project I have, I always ask two questions. One question is, if everything were to go perfect in this project, so everything goes ideal, everything goes perfect, you get to do what you want. If everything goes perfect, what is success? Then you ask them the opposite. What would you consider failure for this project? Maybe we go through this project and things don't go as planned and you're not happy with it. Like, describe to me what that looks like. And on those two questions, you have the goal you need to shoot for and what you need to avoid. So obviously, you need to avoid failure. And you need to move towards the ideal goal. Maybe you won't hit, hit it ideally because I said if everything goes perfect. Once they tell you that, you have an anchor for success. So you can even ask the person, what is the ideal video for this project look like? And they send you another video. What is the ideal style look like? Or tell me so that whenever there's a discrepancy over what you produced you can go back and said well you can go back and say um, I apologize perhaps I misunderstood when I asked you what what perfection was or what the ideal goal was for this project or if everything were to go perfect what does it look like you told me a B and C so I've been shooting for a B and C has your ideal goal changed during the time we've worked together. What you're trying to call out is, if it changed, that is okay. But that was not communicated and the client needs to take responsibility for not communicating that. But if the ideal goal has not changed and it's stylistic, that's why I even said in the question, even if you wanna give me a video to show me the ideal result of this project, that would be fine. You can show that as a reference. So all in all, I think it's just a learning experience. If you refunded the client, that's perfectly fine. I definitely agree with, hey, if you don't feel like a client is working out and it's not a win-win or it's not a good fit, you lost that on time. Go ahead and give them their money back. Let them use it maybe to find a $200 person or maybe to find whoever else they want to work with. So there's nothing wrong with refunding someone in full, but make sure you learn what happened in this situation. Questions could have been asked up front. Uh, a proper bid could have been created so you get adequately paid for your marketing services as well as video. Uh, when you charge more, you don't get clients like this. You could have asked for a video reference on the onset. I know you mentioned you sent a storyboard, so I get it. Well, you could have asked for a video reference on the onset so that you could have mimicked that video style and this could have been prevented. You know, the list goes on. But again, just make sure you learn from the situation and get the client's buy-in by asking the right questions and then holding them accountable to how they answer those questions. Another thing that you could have done that also would have been good is, you know, you said the client kind of gave you a smart remark saying, 
Here's a better video that I, I paid $200 for. Find out why the person didn't go back to them. If the client got a better video from someone they paid $200 for, and I believe that's why you refunded them because you're thinking to yourself, go back to them then. You know, that's what you're thinking. If the client paid $200 and got a better video, you know, don't be afraid to ask. Just say, oh, well, why, why don't you go back to them? And see what they say. Chances are there's a reason why they can't go back to that $200 person. Maybe it is them as a client. Maybe that person got annoyed with them. Maybe that person changed their prices. Maybe they're too busy. Maybe, you know, who knows? But yeah, ask that question because it also shows that just because they're saying a snod remark of, I paid $200 and got something better. Okay, tell me how it was better. Tell me what happened with that. Because that was somewhat give some light or shed some light on what really happened previously. But also, that could also shed some light on another creator's prices has nothing to do with you. And that's a mistake a lot of people make. They pay one price for a car and then they argue with another place and say, that's not fair. Somebody can go to a Honda dealership and buy something, but then walk on a Porsche lot in dealership and say, that's not fair. Why is Honda's cars a little cheaper than a Porsche? Because it's completely different. It really has no defense. Uh, price is price and people can pay it or move on to someone else. But regardless, that's my thoughts on this. I know I went a little longer, but I really wanted to uncover and really dissect some things that were going on here. Yes, at the end I said, you know, you should have charged more. But there's other things that could have happened in this entire process as it pertains to video and video is tricky because i was just talking about this to someone the other day uh, video takes longer than people think if i edit a video and it is 30 minutes a couple of things happen i would have had to watch all the the footage to make it 30 minutes so more than likely i had to edit down then i would have had to re-watch it multiple times to make sure it's good so every time i rewatch it it's 30 minutes then also i have to export the video and if there's any graphics or anything i have to render those graphics so exporting and encoding the video to multiple formats right takes time too a 30 minute video i can try to export it and encode it and that export and encoding might take like two hours it really just depends it could even take longer it could take five hours all that time should have been included that's why i felt like a thousand five hundred was a little low if you did marketing tasks because that's you putting together all the footage editing all the footage re-watching it exporting it in different formats maybe even digestible bites for social media all that takes time, and I don't believe all that was probably captured for 1500 Thank you for taking the time to check out this episode. I greatly appreciate it. If you like anything I had to say, give this a thumbs up. If you're listening on the podcast, 
feel free to leave a review. I use those reviews to uh, get better at feedback. If you have a question for Traffic Talk, it doesn't matter how you get it to me. You can send me an email. You go to my website, NathanLote.com. You can uh, hit me up on social media, whatever it might be. However you get it to me, I'll work it into the show. Uh, but again, until the next episode, I have this to say. As a creative, remember, you are valuable. Sure, people can do what you do. Sure, people can learn how to do what you do. But there's a reason why people come to you, because you have something valuable to offer. Remember that, and I'll catch you in the next one.